Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? I'm thinking about that conversation you and I just had 30 seconds ago. Yeah. Would we ever mess with our intro? No. You remember, you go back to like those first 40, 50 episodes before we, we found our sound. Listen to you for now. And like, this is like episode 251 or 252. This is 251, wrong. yes. Okay, so if you go back 200 episodes <laughs> plus ago, like, we struggled. Yo. We tried, like, jokes. We Remember this one time, I think I tried to, like, find some philosophical quote you and did. we started with Socrates that. Socrates or some shit. It was Socrates. Wow. <laughs> you have a great memory. I know. It's crazy like that. <laughs> but I'm sitting here. I'm like, nah, I kind of like our intro. Yeah. It's the, yeah it's you know, there. like when we had Jeff Les on and Jeff was talking about home warranties, he was like, oh, I thought you guys did yeah, that. He thought it was canned. I was like, no, it's live every time, it's bro. live every time. Yeah. So when we go out to Vegas yeah. in September. Mm-hmm. For Mastermind 2022, yeah, Mortgage Master uh, Sales Masters. No, you no Mortgage Mastermind 2022. Mine might, might just be Mastermind 2022. Okay, it's Mastermind. Yep. Yeah. Um, all the information on it is, is on, on T-Lop. Yeah, just it's correct on it's on T-Lop Right. Click the link. Find out about registration. Book your flights. It's going to be a hell of a great time. Lots of learning. Tons of networking and a little bit of rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I do dream of us like being on stage. Mm-hmm. And being able to like kick it off. I started way. watching a documentary because the universe, you know, I'm a big universe guy, and I was looking for a new documentary. I found one on HBO talk, called uh, An An. You know what an anarchist is? Yes. Yeah, but the real definition is my, more unique than you might think. It was called Anarchapoco, and it's about like uh, people of anarchists who started doing um, events in Alcapulco. And in, in, in Acapulco, Mexico. Yeah. Yes. There you go. All and, right. Yeah. So that was very interesting. So that's what I'm watching. I now. remember Alcapulco only because my parents in my entire childhood took one vacation. And you, they went there? And they went there. Did they say it was amazing? With their friends, Kyle and Eva. Um, I think they liked it. Yeah. Like I, I heard stories of maybe my dad and Kyle staying up drinking te- tequila too, too late one night or too much tequila too late one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to get on a bus that went up a windy mountain road and everyone got sick, yeah. but I'm sure they had a good time, but it just shows like, like, wow, that, that's, that was the place that they chose. That was like, yeah, they back were, in the day. Like we didn't vacation as a family mm-hmm. growing up. Like our vacations were like, we drive to Maryland to see my grandparents. One year we did drive to Missouri to see my uncle who was a drill sergeant at Fort Leonard Wood. Okay. And we stopped at like um, various like Gatlinburg, Tennessee type places along the way. Mm-hmm. And then um, we talked about this, or it's baseball season and we're post all-star break. So now we start really caring about trade season and we start caring about the playoffs coming up. But we used to drive up to um, see the Braves play. Mm. And we stayed like a day's end. That was like an hour away from the stadium because that day's end was like $39 a night where the day's end closer to the stadium was like $59 a night. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like that was my vacation in growing up. Shout out your boy, Freddie Freeman. I know he doesn't play for the Braves anymore. Why are you shouting out Freddie Freeman? Do y'all go tra- way back? No, because I know like at the game that we went to, you just kept saying, Freddie, how good he was. And yes. Then, and then they traded him. They didn't trade him. He oh. signed with the Dodgers. Oh, that's what I meant to say. But that's right. Matt Olson's crushing the ball right is now. Is he? Yeah. And Austin Riley is. And Acuna's back. And are the Braves going to make it? having an all-star year. Are they going to make it back to the Super Bowl this year? Maybe oh. the World Series. That's what I, I meant to say. I don't know about the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I'm pulling for the Bengals to make the Super Bowl. You think so? I only think if they'll give Joe Mixon the ball in the fourth quarter. Bro, when we're in Vegas, we need to lay down one of those absurd bets. Like, yeah, so-and-so is going to win MVP, and this is going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll do that. Let's go. But in the interim, um, have we done all of our promotional stuff <laughs> yes, here? We, we, have. we talked about T-Lop online. Yep, you talked about the Mastermind. We talked about going out to Mastermind 2022. Mm-hmm. 
John and I are speaking. Jungo is sponsoring. Lunch is provided. We're speaking on a Ooh, Thursday. Smooth. The event's on a Wednesday. Yeah, All the information you may need regarding that is on theloanofficerpodcast.com. Hmm. If you're into following us on social, whether that's link, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook, we have all of the links on tloponline.com. And if you're tuning in for the first time, thank you. Thank you. We hope you dig what we do. We have 250 plus other episodes. That's a lot. And please like us, share us, give us a five-star review. For the most part, we do this shit for free. Mm -hmm. And we will continue doing it mm -hmm. for free if you all continue to share it. How many and episodes does Seinfeld have? Oh, I think 250? Have, do you I think, think we have, have more than that. But I think they've made... A lot of Listen, money. I'm not, that's not the, you need to focus on the other things, man. Okay. Entertainment, <laughs> yes. education, yeah. inspiration. Yeah. And to motivate. Motivate. The last one. All there right. we go. So today's episode, this is all you. I have no idea what you're about to say, so I'll just sit back, shut up, and listen like yeah, I do most so, episodes. So I want to talk about the housing, real estate, and mortgage market over the next six months. Okay. Yeah, here we are. It's August of 2022. Yep. We are seven months into the year. That's crazy, by the way. Right? That means we have five months left quick math that's quick math <laughs> so like what is the landscape gonna look like because a lot has changed like think about this if you were shopping for a home just six or eight months ago your rate was in the threes and you couldn't get the seller to even treat you with any type of humanity they wouldn't even entertain your offer if it wasn't coming in with every contingency waived and potentially over asking price. All right. Just six months later, here we are, your rate is in the fives and sellers are dropping their pants to catch your attention. What happened? What was the big change? Well, a lot, a lot of things have changed, right? The market is cooling. The market is stabilizing. The market is normalizing. Interest rates shot up. Why did interest rates shoot up? Because we had this thing called inflation. Inflation is scary. Inflation is a good thing if it's in check, right? We've talked about this on previous episodes. Drinking two or three beers, not so bad. Drinking two or three dozen beers mm. could be an issue right. if we're talking about daily consumption. <laughs> yeah. Well, inflation is good, but too much inflation is bad. We had crazy amounts of inflation. Why do we have crazy amounts of inflation? That's going to be debatable, and it doesn't really matter because it doesn't impact us going forward, it just impacts how we got here and who wants to debate the past. Let's go ahead and focus on the future and things that we're going to look at, which by the way, the debate is the U.S. printed money and gave it out to everybody during the <clears throat> pandemic, which when you give people excess cash, they go out and spend that cash on goods and services. Well, there's only so many goods and services that you can purchase. So when when everybody has extra money and everybody wants to purchase goods and service, then the 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 scarcity of those goods and services goes up, which means the price follows it. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden everything became more expensive. Like that would be one reason. Another reason could be, well, it's kind of pandemic related because supply chain issues, we weren't making the correct amount of goods and services and offering them. So things just naturally got bid up because the market needed X amount, but only Y was being created because so many people were not mm -hmm. going to work. Factories were shut down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't really matter how we got here, but the, the point is that we got here. That same crazy demand caused housing prices to just skyrocket. Also, 
the Federal Reserve manipulated our monetary policy to make borrowing cheaper because they were really worried in March of 2020, all throughout March of 2021, of the negative impacts that COVID would have on the U.S. economy, actually the worldwide economy. People aren't going to work. They're not making money. They're not making money. They're not spending money. People aren't going to work and businesses aren't going to invest in, in infrastructure that can invest in technology. That's going to have a lagging negative impact. So they wanted to promote the Federal Reserve people to continue to spend and borrow because at the end of the day, we need people spending and borrowing. Like mm -hmm. the entire capitalist ecosystem, in my opinion, only is a house of cards. <laughs> the only way you keep that house of cards afloat is to kind of keep working yeah. on it and adding to it. Right. So we got to where we are and all of a sudden, like, all good things that have to come to an end, right? That person who drank the dozen beers, mm -hmm. the next day has to pay the price, right? right? They're going to be hungover. They're going to feel sick to their stomach. Their head's going to hurt, et cetera. This is the hangover from everything positive that happened in 2020 and 2021. So that's how we got here. Now that we're here, what does it mean? Oh, my God, the sky is falling. Yeah, my, my house has been on the market for six days. Lower the price. No, but, no, yeah, you may need to hold on. You may need to, you may need to, but to what level, to what level, like lower the price, which depends. Had you tried to list it for 6% higher than what your neighbor just sold theirs for last month, because that's what the market was doing. Yeah. Okay. Then no, you should have listed that home for the same thing your neighbor sold theirs for, or maybe even three to 5% below that. The good news is that's still more than what you would have sold it for in January of, of, of this year. You know, it's like, so, so we're not in a freak out mode. We're definitely in a transition mode for my fishermen and women out there who like to fish the coastal areas where you have tides and you have high tide and low tide and you have what's called slack tide. Normally I don't like to fish slack tide. That means nothing's going on. I like to fish either outgoing or incoming. We're kind of in a slack tide uh, environment. The opportunities, because you hear me talk to people in general. I'm like, oh, take what the defense has given you. Mm -hmm. If you're a home buyer, you better take what the defense has given you. And right now, the defense has given you the opportunity to go out and actually negotiate for the first time, not just in two years, by the way, five years, six years. Mm -hmm. It's been at least since 2016, based on my memory, where you could actually negotiate with a seller. I remember in 2016 asking realtors to negotiate closing costs and they were like, oh, this isn't 2013, Dustin. <laughs> right. In 2016, we are in a seller's market. 2017 was a seller's market. 2018 was a seller's market. 19 and then 20 and 2021 were just, I mean, that was Frank the Tank seller's market. Yeah. You know, that was like off the chain seller's <clears throat> market. But as we slide into 2023, and that's what I wanted this particular episode to be more about, I'm projecting and predicting, based on economic factors and indicators, our market is going to mirror 16 and 17. Hmm. It's going to mirror 19, which, by the way, was still a seller's market. It's going to be a seller's market as there continues to be more buyers and there are homes to be sold. Hmm. As there are more buyers and there's inventory being created. And by the way, right now, today, Buyers are, are buyers. Builders are not building homes. They're worried about selling the inventory that they've committed to and getting it built. They do not want to build. That's how we got here. Builders haven't wanted to build since the since the the economic collapse of 2008 and 9. They've been fearful. 
Now they've been fearful because land is expensive to to first purchase, and it's even more expensive to develop. Mm-hmm. There's lots of red tape that has to be uh, managed. Then the supplies, the cost of the goods has gone up. The labor has gone up. The labor is scarce, so builders aren't building. That's a scary thing for a home buyers because that's going to continue to be in a seller's market. So I think in six months, if we're in August now of 2022, six months gets us like in the beginning of February of 2022. By the by March, April of 2023, I mean, mm-hmm. by March of April of 2023, we're back into a market like we saw in 2016, which, by the way, is a good market. Like we saw in 2017, which was a good market. Like we saw in 2019, which was a good market. Mm-hmm. Where I think realtors, for the most part, are going to be like, ah, sorry, John, I can't get seller to pay your closing cost. Yeah. I think right now you're in that purgatory, that lull, mm-hmm. that if you're a home buyer, now's the time you can take advantage of a frightened and fearful seller. Humans are emotion. Sellers tend to buy homes. All they want to do is get, if they have to sell, they're just worried. They don't want things to get worse. They lived through 2008 and 9. They don't want to see that again. So they're going to be more willing to negotiate, more willing to accept your terms, more willing to offer things like incentives to purchase their home. But I think that's short-lived. I think this lasts, at best, another six months. Mm -hmm. I think once we get through January of next year, I think the interest rate market is going to stabilize a little bit. I think rates may even come down a tad bit. Um, I think this will be... I hate using the word new normal because it's the old normal, <laughs> but we're back to being normalized. People are accepting the fact that their home's going to go up in value by three to 5% per year. That rates are somewhere between 4.75 and five and a quarter. And um, there's still more people who want to buy a house than there are people who are willing to sell a house. Therefore, the pressure is going to be on the buyer, which means the advantage is going to be the seller. And I think we're going to get back to it being still a seller's market in the beginning of 2023. And no, home builders will not be building homes. We need home builders building homes to take pressure off of the supply aspect. Builders building homes creates more supply. Mm-hmm. Then that creates less pressure on buyers to have to succumb to the seller's demands. Right. So if I'm a buyer, I'm looking at this market right now. I'm pretty confident if you don't buy, if you're ready to buy and you want to buy. That if you don't buy, you're going to look back in just six months or maybe eight months from now and be like, oh, my God, I should have bought. I should have bought because now all of a sudden everyone has decided that they want to buy. Mm-hmm. Everyone is accustomed to this normal. Everyone has gotten used to rates being somewhere between 4.75 and a five and a quarter. And everyone's comfortable. They're coming out of their houses. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, where were they before? Warren Buffett says it best. Warren Buffett's been teaching for decades. You sell when everyone is buying, you buy when everyone is selling. I think you have a short period of a window where everybody is quote unquote selling because a lot of people are quote unquote afraid to buy. And I wouldn't be. If I was a first time home buyer, a move up home buyer, I was transferring jobs, I was having my first kid, I, I'd, I'd be buying, especially because when I'm looking at something, it's the next five to seven years. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm purchasing a home. Now, if I'm a second home buyer, eh, you know what? If the right deal comes along and it checks every box, yeah, I'd still buy. I'd negotiate the hell out of that thing, right? All my closing costs would be paid. Home warranty would be adding added on. I'd have every contingency for inspection. 
because I could do that right now. I'm not confident I could do that in March right. of next year. If I'm a LO, are there any like tips that you would give to like to them to say like, um, how do you prepare yourself for that kind of switch in the future? Is there anything you can do to know like? If I'm a loan officer right now, mm -hmm. which luckily I coach loan officers for a living and I run, I don't know, several branches. I help run another dozen branches. Um, and each branch has a branch manager with the whole entire sales team behind it, right? Mm -hmm. I am instructing everybody, put your blinders on, put your head down, and just race to the end of the year. Race. And by race, I mean it's a race. How many sales calls can you go on? How many one-on-ones can you have? How many happy hours can you either attend or participate in or actually throw yourself? How many lunch and learns can you teach? How often can you touch your past client database? How much more can you expand your social network and connect with people on all the various social media platforms and then ask those people to actually get to know you personally and create times or events where you can do that? Now is the time because those that do it these next six months, when we get to January 15th and the new year has come and gone and everyone's new year's resolutions are, are ready to be put into play. And many of them uh, are surrounding around becoming a homeowner. And maybe we've seen mortgage rates come down from the high fives, low sixes down into the high fours, low fives. Mm -hmm. I think those people who grinded these, these next six months are the ones that are having to call their spouses on a Wednesday night to be like, Hey honey, put, put dinner in the microwave for me. I'm coming home late. I had seven leads today. I gotta knock out four pre-approvals tonight. Now I know that sounds like a lot of work, but the whole time all I hear is pay daddy, pay mama, right? Cause all of those leads, all those pre-approvals lead to closings down the road. I think those loan officers that were woe is me, that got caught up in the hype of, oh my God, the sky is falling. I think you're missing out on a great opportunity. Now there could be some vets out there that maybe they made so much money in 2020 and 2021 and they stockpiled it. Hopefully they didn't put it in crypto. But they stockpiled it and they're like, look, I ain't got it in me. I'll just wait for the market to come back to me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's great for ever, all the Henry's out there, all the high energy, not rich yet people, right? All of them, dude, these old school vets want to sit back and wait to wait for the market to come to them. This is your opportunity to steal market share from them. This is your opportunity to put the blinders on. Now, I was talking to uh, my buddy Ryan who works with us here in the office and you know, Ryan and I are a lot alike in many instances. And um, so I had to like share with Ryan, who's in a point in his career where he has to grind. He has to grind. I said, Ryan, do this. Today's August 1st. I need you to go ahead, put your blinders on, and all you're trying to do is kick ass until you get to September 24th. And he's like, why yeah, September, yeah, 24th? September 24th? I said, because that's when his region throws their annual sales rally. I know it's an event that he looks forward to. I know he gets a hotel room. Mm -hmm. I know that he goes golfing. I know that he and a couple of his buddies stay out late, mm -hmm. they drink, they chop it up, right? So it's a cool event. Mm -hmm. I said, so you need to find a, a stopping point that says, man, I'm gonna kick ass so that when you go into this event, you have this great momentum and you have this great energy about you. Go to the event and have that be the boost in the arm that you need to get you through Thanksgiving. Now you grind it through Thanksgiving. Now you're able to go to Thanksgiving where you just went hard from August 1st all the way through around November 20th. If you want to slow down and enjoy the next six weeks, put it on cruise control, I'm not going to hate on you. If you grinded 
the way that I, I, I propose you grind because a lot of other people are doing that. A lot of other people are going to get in that holiday mode mindset. Mm. I said, but then you come back after the, the first of the mm. year. So typically for us it's sometime around like January 3rd by like January 7th or 10th, our kids are back in school. Mm -hmm. I said, then you get back on that horse and you grind like an MF -er until Easter break. Mm. Once you get to Easter break or spring break, at that point, it may be too hard for you to grind because your grind now is trying to keep up with the 20, 30, 40 leads a month that you're bringing in the door. Hmm. You're, you're trying to keep up with your Tuesday status update calls. You're trying to keep up with your TBDs. Like you may only have time from Easter all the way through next August 1st to just handle the leads that are coming in, the lead prospect follow-up, the pre-approval letters, the absolute disclosures, mm -hmm. and then boom, you're right back at it. But I think the next six months, what we're going to see is those that don't get caught up in the hype, that don't get caught up in the news, who just put their blinders on and their heads down, and they get out, whether it's the Dominate the Ones tracker that we have on tloponline.com, whether it's the course, the Greatness tracker, whatever you use to track your sales and prospecting activity, now's the time. And I think if you're a home buyer and you're ready to buy and you don't buy this year, I think you're missing out on a great opportunity. I think you're missing out on an opportunity to buy the dip. Hmm. Buy the dip. People talk about that in the stock market all the time. Buy the dip. I would view what's happening in the, in the housing market as nothing more than a dip and a blip. Hmm. It's a slight dip, but it's going to be a blip on the radar. It's just a time of transition, and most people don't like change. And when people see change, they stop what they're doing. Right? They get paralyzed by it. Mm -hmm. I think many consumers are getting paralyzed by this. But ultimately, your choices are either you rent and pay out the ass mm -hmm. in rent, because mm -hmm. that's not going down, yeah. or you purchase a home. What are your other alternatives? Moving with friends? Moving with family? And then are they going to let you live for free? So it's like now, to me, if I'm a consumer and I'm ready to buy, meaning I have enough down payment money, I'm securing my job, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. All of those factors I think we covered a few weeks back in one of our episodes. But I think the next six weeks, um, next six, six weeks, six months, months look, LOs, branch managers, I'm just going to let you all know it ain't going to be easy. Like, it's going to be hard financially. Your pipelines are not going to just automatically fill up. Look at your pipeline right now. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to look like for the rest of the year. What? Yes, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a grind. You are going to have to survive this year. And that's what I mean by when I say put your blinders on and your head down. You can't get caught up in looking at your production numbers. Like your units are down, your volume is down, your leads are down. Good. Right? Good. You can't do anything about that because your leads, your units, and your volume is indicative of two things you can't control. Your past effort, can't control it. It's behind you. Or the market, you can't control it. It's behind you. Just like when you're doing banging numbers in 2020 and 2021, we were telling you, please understand, the market has given you this. This is not because you're some kind of a superstar. Yeah. Right? Now, superstars sh shined. Regardless of them. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Everyone, whatever level you were on, we all went up a level or two. Mm -hmm. But you weren't a superstar per se. The market gave you that opportunity to produce like a superstar for a, for a short period of time. Right. 
So you can't control what the market does. You can't control your past efforts. You can only control your future efforts. But yes, if there is a, a warning to be heeded, it's going to suck. You need to figure out what expenses you can start cutting back on. Hmm. You need to also not think short term. Please do not go making decisions based on the next three to six months. And when I say decisions, there's definitely some people out there that they're going to look at their teams and they're going to have to make hard decisions. Mm -hmm. Do I keep this team member who right now I don't have enough business to cover and therefore it impacts my personal income, therefore it impacts my ability to save for my kids' college, therefore it impacts my ability to pay my bills, or do I let said team member go but what happens in January 15th when I need said team? Yeah, I might need to bring them back. Are they available? Uh-oh. Or if I get rid of said team member, am I going to be able to follow Dio's instructions and put my head down, my blinders on, and go out there and crush it? Or is it going to prevent me from doing that because that team member was fulfilling a role that I now have to fulfill? Mm -hmm. Now I'm spending more time in the office. I'm spending more time in my files. I'm spending more time on lead intake or lead follow-up or uh, uh, issuing pre-approval. So then the question would become, well, are you willing to work twice as hard? And maybe that's the answer. For some people, it will be. For some people, the answer is going to be, hey, I'll make less money, but I'm going to keep that team member because I need to get out there and grind. For other people, it's going to be, you know what? I can't afford this team member, unfortunately. I'm going to work double time. I'm going to do their job plus my job, and I'm going to put my blinders on and grind it out. Mm -hmm. I have the type of energy. I have the bandwidth. My spouse, my family understands, and I'm going to get after it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for some people, they'll continue their same effort. They'll reduce their team size, and they'll wake up in January, February, or March of next year, and they're going to be behind the eight ball. And all of a sudden, what they're going to find is that rookie loan originator that was hired just nine months ago, who is now entering their second year in the business, is out producing them. Because that person have their blinders on, their head down, and they're totally focused on what's out there. But I think we'd be remiss to hide from the fact that it, it very well, yeah, it's very well going to suck. It very well, hey, the Owen family's probably not doing a ski vacation this year. True story. Like, I'll do something, but it probably won't be skiing. You know, my daughter loves New York City. Maybe we'll get up to New York City for two or three nights. She really wants to see the play six. Maybe we'll go do that. Because I know that that trip, because I'm an East Coaster to begin with, Mm -hmm. It's a it's a free flight using Delta Miles. It's a free hotel using using Marriott points. Mm -hmm. And it's a couple shows, a couple dinners. Go tour the the Ellis Island, you know, mm -hmm. like go walk around Central Park and head home. Mm -hmm. Like that that's me living what I teach even at maybe a level that other people aren't there yet in their career. Mm -hmm. You can do it on the most basic level, but I think you have to prepare for it. But I, I, what I want to encourage people to do is you don't sit back and do nothing. Like, that is the worst thing you can do. I would encourage people to get out there and get after it, sales activity, because this is a lull. This is a dip. This is a blip. This is not the next 12, 24, or 36 months. Hmm. Caveat, I could be dead wrong. Well, then good. It'll give us more content to come back six Caveat, months from now. Caveat, I could be dead wrong. But what I want to do is I want you to mark this date. I want you to mark this episode. And I want to come back to it on March 1st. Okay. Six months. Uh, what, what is that months from now? Cause um, it's not quick math. It's not. not no, because if this is August 1, then when we get to February 1, it will be six months. Okay. 
So February. February 1st? Yeah. We'll put it out there. We'll put it out there, February 1st. I remember because it was episode 251. Okay. Yep. But uh, but I'm, but I'm, just so you know, my projection is that like by the time we get to March, because January, look, January and February's production numbers are going to be in the are going to be in the dumps. January and February, because they're supposed to be. This is a very cyclical industry. So when you are purchase-focused, realtor, builder, refer, January and February suck regardless. <laughs> and either one of these three months suck too. Either September, October, or November suck. I'm thinking this year, two of them are going to suck. Usually you get a big spike in December. I don't think your spike's going to be as large in December, but you'll still get a spike in December. But I do think you're going to have to survive a pretty rough September, a terrible either October or November, a decent, only decent d- December, mm-hmm. January and February are going to suck wind. I don't think you really start closing the units and the volume that you're accustomed to until March. And I think you only do that mm-hmm. if you are able to to remove all distractions and get out there and network and prospect better than you ever have. Because I promise you, whatever you did networking and prospecting in 2000, 2001, for many of you, wasn't good enough. So this is when you need to get out, get after it. And I think that's what the next six months are going to look like. So hopefully we covered it for loan officers and home buyers. Realtors, same exact thing. Same exact thing. Like you have to get out there and start prospecting today, building that pipeline today of potential home buyers and potential sellers. You start stacking and collecting those names, those email addresses and those and those phone numbers today so that when January 15th comes you're the person they call. So that you're the one that's out showing four buyers that's taken three listings. And if you notice, you notice I said four buyers and three listings, mm-hmm. I do believe that's what it's going to be. Four buyers for every three listings, it's still going to be a buyer's market. So that on the seller's market. Mm-hmm. So that when you circle back right now, I think it's the one dip and the one blip where buyers have an advantage. And that advantage goes away in six months. Well said. Good enough? Nostradamus it is. Nostradamus it is. Dustinamus. <laughs> Dustinamus. Dustinamus it is. All right. Awesome. Well, JC, thank you for showing up today and thank you for uh, hosting this great event. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I had a lot of input on this episode, so I'm glad I was able to put my stamp on it. I'm glad you were too. You got three cameras going. You got two mics, two lights. Let's go. A website. Yep. And plenty of social media Content. outlets. Yep. Let's go. All right. Hey, he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. You have tuned in to Lone Officer Podcast. Please like us. Please share us. Please give us a five star review. Yes, sir. And check out the website. Check it out. TheLoanOfficerPodcast.com and come see us in Vegas. <laughs> Yeehaw. And have lunch provided to you by Jungo. Jungo. We look forward to catching you on the next episode, but that's all the time we have for you today. Peace.